Help keep Kinks and Beats daily ad-free and receive bonus content early with a contribution of 20 cents per episode. Visit herohabit.com shop for more information. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host, Tony Fry. Thank you for listening. We are on episode 149. Um, before we get started, I want to remind you all, swing by Facebook and join our Kinks and Beats Daily Facebook group where you can talk to me and other fans of the band or listeners of this podcast uh, about this podcast, the topics here, or anything else related to the two um, bands that we like to cover here. So that's um, on Facebook. You can find information at herohabit.com for links if you can't find it on Facebook just by searching for us or um, going to the Hero Habit Facebook page. Today we are talking about the No-No Song by Ringo Starr. It was released November 15th, 1974 on the album Goodnight Vienna, Vienna and was released as a single January 27th, 1975, backed with Snookeroo. Um, this song was written by Hoyt Axton, <clears throat> who also wrote Joy to the World and Never Been to Spain um, for Three Dog Night, Never Been to Spain, of course, referencing the Beatles. And uh, the song The Pusher by Steppenwolf. And he has other songs. He was a musician himself, but he wrote a lot of songs um, that other bands made famous as well, including the No-No song by Ringo Starr. Snookeroo, which was the B-side, we'll talk about that in its own episode, was written by Elton John and Bernie Taupin, and in my opinion is the logical A-side, but they put No-No song first. Um, it was a hit, though, so what do I know? The song is about a former drug user who is turning down offers um, by peddlers to purchase weed, cocaine, and moonshine, depending on the verse. And the whole track has a quasi-island feel, and Ringo seems to really be digging into that island feel by affecting this weird accent, which also helps to accommodate the weak lyric structure. Because what we've got here, um, lyrically, this song is kind of dumb, but it's also supposed to be tongue-in-cheek, so I will forgive the the kind of silly lyrics, but structurally, the lyrics don't really fit the melody. And so we've got these uh, phrases and stuff where you've got uh, strong, uh, strong syllables for the words on weak beats of the music. All right. And it's not, you can do that. And, and people will argue, you know, syncopation is a strong beat on the weak beat, right? You're putting like a, a, a quarter note on the upbeat. That's a syncopation. But what, what I'm talking about here is that you also have to factor it in with where the melody is going. Okay. Let me um, pull up the lyrics here because I didn't even do enough research on this song to pull up the chords. So we're going to just do this on the fly here. So we have a lady that I know just came from Colombia. She smiled because I did not understand. Then she held out some marijuana. Ha ha. She said it was the best in all the land. That verse, not so bad. Um, but then we get to, uh, where was the worst one? A man I know just came from Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, um, 
that Nashville, Tennessee, the way the melody is constructed and the way the meter is established in the preceding verses, that Nashville, Tennessee does not fit. Right? So that's what I mean. It's it's not so much the strength of the um like the length, the time he's holding the song the the note. It's about the meter of the words and the meter not matching the meter of um uh of the the melody. And so there's a lot of that in this song, and and I think Ringo kind of affects this weird accent to accommodate the fact that the meter of the song does not really work with the meter of the lyrics. Um, track features some amazing musicians though. The whole album that this is on Goodnight Vienna is produced by Richard Perry, who, if you don't know that name, go look him up. He was producing uh, a, a ton of phenomenal rock albums in that time. Um, with some of the, like the biggest names that, you know, and so when you've got a production by Richard Perry and the musicians on here are Ringo on drums, Harry Nilsson on backing vocals, Nicky Hopkins on keyboards, Jesse Ed Davis on guitar and Klaus Vorman on bass with a lineup like that. And Richard Perry producing behind the board, it'd be hard to make a wholly bad um, record. And if you just listen to the music on this um, track, it's, it's really good uh, music, but to me, it seems it's it's a little cheesy, and I think Ringo sells himself short by taking these lightweight type songs and doing. And maybe this is you know back to his Beatle days because they would give him the lightweight stuff that you know John, Paul, and George weren't going to go near. Um, but just because he doesn't have the voice to do big rockers or whatever. Um, sometimes he gets these weak, lightweight songs and feels like he needs to to do them. And I think this this song, musically, there's a better song hidden in here. Um, and and I, I'm sure part of it is the gimmick of it being about drugs and alcohol and stuff. And, you know, Ringo is not sober in 1974, and neither was, uh, uh, I can't speak to the others, but neither was Harry Nilsson. So there was a lot of partying going on. Um, John, who contributed the title track, Goodnight Vienna, was uh, in the middle of his last weekend in L.A., so partying with guys like Ringo and, and Harry Nilsson. So I think a lot of it is the novelty, and I think he did himself a disservice because because the music is so good and radio-ready um, with this all-star lineup and great producer, it becomes a hit. And I don't know that this song would have been a hit under anybody with anybody else, but because it's a hit and it becomes a song that he's synonymous with, he also becomes synonymous, synonymous with this kind of lightweight novelty fluff. And, you know, this is coming off of it. Don't come easy. And, uh, photograph and all these really high caliber, high quality songs to come out with the no, no song and um, to an extent back off Boogaloo, which is another one that musically is great, but kind of a lightweight throwaway song. Uh, I think he does himself a disservice by taking these kinds of things and, 
and it may have hurt his career despite it being a big hit and the album selling it might have been you know hurt his career and i think you know if snookeroo had been the bigger hit maybe things in the last half of the 70s would have been a different trajectory for ringo star does any of that make sense i feel like i just rambled on um about ringo's song choice all that to say i don't particularly find a lot of merit in this song. It's all one, four, five chords. If you were interested in knowing it's in the key of C, which we know from the song early 1970, which we've already talked about. Um, Ringo likes the key of C. Uh, It's in the key of C. It's all C, F, G, sevens. That's it. If you know those three chords, you can play this song. And um, it was a number three hit, but like I said, I think uh, Snookeroo might have fared better and uh, added a, lo- a better legacy to his career as a solo artist. Maybe I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Call me at 925-494-1739. Email me, kinksandbeats at herohabit.com or yell at me on the Facebook group, um, a Kinks and Beats daily Facebook group, where we're going to keep things friendly. We're not going to have any of that nonsense that the other Kinks and Beatles Facebook groups have. We're going to just have fun and be uh, nice and enjoy talking about our two favorite bands. All right, that's it for me. Swing by iTunes, give us a five-star rating and review, and I will talk to you guys next time. Thanks for downloading. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by herohabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. Herohabit.com. Collect your heroes.